When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voices of Krypton podcast say they speak as superhero. And that doesn't mean nothing to me. I've taken on James Bond. Fought Batman. Yeah, okay. They won, but they wouldn't have. If only I had a little more cowbell. I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to Voices from Krypton, the podcast where we speak superhero. And we're also pretty fluent in sci-fi and action. A little over 50 years ago, DC Comics was alerting us to the fact that a new age of Superman was about to start. As they proclaimed in ads in 1971, a new year brings a new beginning for Superman. And that began in Superman number 233 with a cover proclaiming Kryptonite No More. The issue ushered in a lot of changes. For starters, Clark Kent being removed from the Daily Planet and assigned to the television news division of GBS. Kryptonite being rendered harmless to the Man of Steel, and the rise of a creature from another dimension made of sand that gradually siphons off Superman's powers as it takes a more solid form. It all ends in issue number 242, with Superman being left with about half his powers, and the stage set for more down-to-earth adventures. The story arc was written by the late Denny O'Neill, who has never hid his disdain for godlike characters. Art was provided by the team of Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson. And while an exciting direction, it was immediately abandoned once O'Neill left the book. Today, we're joined by writer Jim Beard, who got his start in 2002 when he sold the story to DC. Since then, he's written prose fiction of The Green Hornet, Kolshak, as in The Night Stalker, and Captain Action. He's also co-edited and contributed to an anthology of stories called Planet of the Apes, Tales from the Forbidden Zone, and three non-fiction books of essays focusing on the Adam West Batman TV series. Together, we take a trip back to the Sandman-Superman saga. How big a Superman fan are you? Okay, uh, uh, full, hey, full disclosure, I am not the biggest Superman fan in the world. I, I, I would call myself a fan, okay. but he's not at the top of my, my list, although I've read Superman comics since I was, you know, was little and, and still do. He's, I mean, he's Superman. You can't, you can't really ignore Superman, in no. my opinion. Um, unless you're so new to comics and comic characters and that you look down on, you know, something um, like that. No, I mean, he's been a huge part of my childhood and, and my adulthood. Um, I've actually put official words in Superman's mouth. I've never actually written Batman in comic books, but I actually had a, a story for DC, a little short story in uh, JLA, JSA Secret Files number one, where I wow. got to yeah. actually write superman i'll go so far as to say i love the character i mean i you know i or i i greatly like the character but 
but it's not he's not batman to me you know batman is batman but but you know every once in a while i get on a kick uh for to for something nostalgic in superman comics and that puts us to what we're talking about absolutely but here's a real litmus test you know how big a fan you are when you hear the beginning the bum bum of the jonathan john williams theme do you get yeah. excited or do you kind of like uh oh oh definitely okay uh, good. because <laughs> that that movie is still probably if not the superhero movie it's it's right up there you know yeah. i mean it, it it would be a hard one for me to say um the 1966 batman feature film or superman the movie um you know what would be to me the you know uh you know it's probably superman the movie i I think it'd have to be (laughs) it's it's so fresh in my mind yeah of the day that i went to see that and and the literal chills i got when the movie opens and that little curtain pulls and because it was such a weird odd opening it was it like was. What, what and then and that that kid it was a kid that i think it was donner's voice. kid or something yeah yeah and he's talking about like the depression and and i'm like what 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 i mean what in a in a, in a good way <laughs> yeah. you know but that that whole thing and then and then the john williams you know bum, 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 you know that oh yeah and then just swoosh out into space and everything coming at, and, and I, I remember thinking this is something special. They didn't just open this movie in a, in a regular, normal way. This is something really special. They knew it was a huge occasion. Yeah. You know, uh, Superman had been done on screen before, but but never like this. You know, no. um, and and Christopher. You know, I, I I like some of the guys that followed Chris, but they've never uh, been able to equal or top him. You know, he's he is Superman and that's you know been said over and over again but it's it's so true you know to me uh adam west is batman christopher reeve is superman linda carter is <laughs> wonder woman right and you know I, it, because they got three people to perfectly fill the roles of the characters as they were at those moments in time 66 77 76 77 and 78 you yeah. know no, I agree. No, I, I definitely agree with you. And and I know that I'm, you know, with that John Williams question, I'm such a sucker for it because they put it on the trailer for the Super Pets movie animated coming out next year. <laughs> and I got charged up saying, I got to go see it. it it's got yeah. crypto. It's got the theme. I have to go. <laughs> so it's like really sad. You know, and then, you know, it's funny is so the, the credits are done <laughs> and we go to Krypton and the chills start all over again. Oh, with yeah. The Krypton theme, that Krypton theme. You know, bump, 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 you know, and it's yeah. building and it comes in on that building, you know, the, the oh my God. It's you know, so like, good. It's, yeah, it's, it was, it's... that was back when we didn't, we didn't really know what to expect. I had seen a scene from the movie on, I think it was Siskel and Ebert. They had the, they had the scene where Lois is interviewing him. It was the, um, I like pink scene. Right. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken you know x-ray and all of that you know and uh we we knew what to expect of maybe superman and metropolis but like the krypton stuff just you know blew me away yeah it was great stuff and you know you brought up the fact that christopher reeve was so strong as superman i mean yes my favorite iconic movie moment ever is the helicopter thing i've got you you've got you know you've got me what's got you and flying with the cape fluttering and all that stuff 
But the moment for me that crystallizes beautifully, like says, this is what Superman is. And this is going to sound like a goofy moment, maybe, but it's at the beginning of Superman 2, when Lois is in the bottom of the uh, elevator in Paris and the bomb is going to explode. The atomic bomb is going to explode in the, in the elevator and she's plummeting and Superman yeah. shows up and stops it. And she raises her head and he goes, Superman, thank God. And he just looks at, he's holding the elevator with one hand. He smiles. He goes, I believe this is your floor, Miss Lane. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like yep. that to me is like, that's the moment. That's like, that's I'm going to add, I'm going to add to that. Go ahead. Uh, Superman, the movie, I believe um, the, uh, I think it's the, the big scene. It's the scene with the big generator at the dam. Right. Superman flies in and he lands and he says, gentlemen, is that man? All right. Yeah. And then he goes to take care of the, the generator that that to me you know is is superman oh, like rescuing superman. the kid and the mother uh, but he's, from the, yeah, yeah he's and gonna stop and, and i love that that just that you know gentlemen is that man all right you know yeah. real almost sternly you know but but still with heart and then he goes and takes care and does a super feat you know absolutely you know that's yeah. the beauty of chris reeve is that he could encompass all those things you know the 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 human, the man and the super, you know, and, and my God, the difference between Clark Kent and, and Superman, oh, yeah. you know, we, we were used to George Reeves, who was the same guy, no matter what clothes he, he was had. on the phone. If he put his glasses on, they said, Oh, when did Clark get on the phone? Yeah. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. Cause I love George Reeves. So I mean, I. yes, he's Superman too, you know, but, but Chris, Chris takes it to a whole, whole oh, different yeah. level. Well, when he's going to tell Lois that he's Superman and Superman in the movie, right? He takes off his glasses. He stands oh. up. He goes, Lois, there's oh. something I have to tell you. And yeah. then all of a sudden he gets scared and and, yeah. and slunches. Slunches? Yeah. I just made up a word. Slunches. <laughs> Slouches over. Uh, yeah. So anyway, good stuff. Yeah. So so that leads me to ask you, though, I know on your uh, on Facebook, you've, you've made a number of posts about reading the Kryptonite Nevermore storyline. Yeah. Was this the first of all, the first time you've read it? Or have you uh, other than uh what is it it's two thir- it begins with 233 yeah two yeah. other than 233 that is the very first time wow i've read any of that and and i read i first read 233 in this oh yeah i have that yep this is like a bible right yep it's great for, for guys our age or whatever this is absolutely this is look the funny thing is, is that I didn't really realize that the last couple stories in this volume were relatively new when I got this. Mm-hmm. But um, I so I knew for quite a while that Kryptonite Nevermore, um, uh, you know, was a story, but I didn't understand for quite a while that it that how much it continued past that. You know, here, yeah. here's me as a kid, we get to the end and with the, uh, the sand creature rises up out of that depression that Superman makes in the sand and, and walks off. I, and I knew there had to be something more to the story, but I didn't really truly understand how much more and, and that it had become a significant run, um, you know, maybe somewhat forgotten to today. And and uh, something that Denny O'Neill himself considers a, a real misfire. Well, he for- I, I interviewed him about it specifically, and and he basically just did he could not identify with Superman. It was, it, and I think what motivated the storyline itself is the fact that he felt that Superman was too powerful. There was he's one of those guys who felt that there was nothing you can do with the character because he's so powerful, which I don't necessarily agree with because there've been some wonderful stories, uh, despite the fact, many wonderful stories. 
uh, despite his power. But I was like almost disappointed talking to Denny about it when he was saying this, because I've loved this story since I was 11 years old. Yeah. And yeah, he just was not a fan of Superman and this is the best he could do. I, I, I had heard that. Um, I read the, I reread the interview with Denny in um, the Krypton Companion mm-hmm. uh, from Tomorrow's. And before I actually read the, the whole um, Quarm creature, you know, story, Denny's run, let's, you know, yeah. whatever that it's about a year, I think altogether. Um, I reread that. So I kind of had that in my mind as I was reading all the issues of it. And I could, I could see what he liked and what he didn't like and what he was trying to do. And the thing that really struck me was that he seems to really dislike Superman's uh, supporting cast. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you say that? What was it about? Oh, uh, I think his Lois is one of the worst Loises ever. Um, he, and I know, you know, you have to look at everything that you read in the mindset of the time it was written in. But for somebody who, like Denny, who always claimed to be very uh, progressive, uh, uh, very, you know, liberal in his in his outlook on the world um i was really surprised at how how much he seemed to have quite a disdain for lois um she has a tiny little moment in one story where her where her humanity comes through otherwise she's she's a real witch Mm. uh she's uh there's one one issue where she's just horrible uh she you know i mean she's always treated Clark, you know, badly. She, it's, she just treats him like dirt. And not only that, but she builds herself up so much like that. She's a superior human being compared to, you know, Clark Yeah, yeah. in in all ways. It it was really, really hard to, to read. And then, and then a little bit later on there, and he only really uses her in like main in two stories, mainly. She might have just have a scene here or there, um, but oh, it, it starts right off. It's when um, Morgan Edge gives uh, Clark the uh, TV reporter job, and then he gets. Is it that story? Shoot, I might be crossing things. Is it is it that story where and then he compliments him, and she goes, "I prefer Walter Cronkite." Yes, yes. After yeah, his first like, broadcast, after his like, first broadcast, uh... like pardon. Pardon me, but f you, Lois. <laughs> you know, like what? And, and then it's weird. And he barely uses Jimmy. Right, that's uh, true. I think there's only one sequence in those issues where Jimmy has anything more than a panel or two, and it's really just to set something up. He he doesn't really use it. Um, Perry's barely in it too. Just basically from Morgan Edge to I, shut him I down. I will bet he it. has three panels in you know how yeah. many in a year's worth of stories. It's mostly Morgan Edge. Yeah. Um, and and that's fun because you have to remember where Morgan Edge came from. He's a Kirby character, which is right. beautiful to me. That or that early on, a, that a Kirby character from the fourth world got that much life outside of Kirby. You know that the that the Superman writers grabbed onto Morgan Edge and and ran with it. Yeah. When I came into the Superman books, Morgan Edge was already established. Clark was already a, a you know a TV newscaster, an anchor or what you know whatever. 
So that was very interesting for me to see exactly how that began. Um, but Morgan Edge was already there and, and he was pretty much a jerk. Uh, he became known as the smiling Cobra. Yeah. Yeah. From, from, Absolutely. you know, uh, yeah. I think he even had like a Cobra statue on his desk or, or something. Oh, he did. Like now you're saying that he, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, th- I mean, that's, I don't think he uses anybody else. Uh, well, there really wasn't much of anybody else established at, at that point. No, but it was also, I mean, I think the whole thing about this is they were trying to push Superman into, you know, modernize Superman. And, yeah. and I think part of that was sort of pushing away a lot of the familiar, which is why Clark is suddenly a, a report, a reporter for television rather yeah. than, you know, rather than uh, on the newspaper. And what's interesting too, and then Morgan Edge again, replacing Perry White. That's the new, it's the, it's the, you know, he's evil. We don't know how evil he is at that point, of course. Mm-hmm. But but what is also interesting, I think anyway, unless I'm overreading into it, is that he also strengthened Clark Kent. Clark Kent suddenly became much more assured of himself, it seems, yeah. in how he presented himself to other people in the Daily Planet or the GBS. Uh, if you think about it, it's like when he went on TV, he was confident. He, he came across very strong. Uh, yeah. I never liked him as a TV reporter, but he was a TV yeah. reporter. That's a really wonderful point, and I I totally agree with that. And and I could see where Denny was going with this. Is it it gave uh it gave Clark slash Superman more uh of a challenge, and he says it right off the bat to himself. Right I, there, there is never more thought balloons in comic books than in these Denny O'Neill. Oh yeah, Superman's a solitary character for the most part. It, it's have it, it, almost the entire issues are all com- almost completely thought balloons from Clark, but um, um, that, that he was challenged by, Oh my God, uh, it's going to be even harder to become Superman because I'm on camera. Right. I can't coming up phone with phone Now, <laughs> when I came along, which was not long after this, um, my here, my very first issue is 266. This is okay. actually my well-loved original copy from very when cool. I was a kid. So, um, he was he was not really a field reporter at at that point. He was more of an he was an anchor guy at, at sitting behind the desk on camera. Okay. When I came into it, um, I, I don't. I mean, I know he did some field reporting, but he was he was more like the guy. You know, he was the evening news guy. Right. He wasn't, you know, a roving re- reporter. Um, he didn't have the uh, the mobile uh, news van at all by the time I came along. Right. Uh, as far as I remember, that wasn't in there at all. That was a really fascinating concept, and I really liked that. It's a shame that you know that kind that kind of uh, got dropped. Speaking of Morgan Edge again, there's a really fun, real early on. There's a really fun um, fourth world reference in there. He he, Morgan Edge thinks to himself something about Dark Side. Oh, that's right. I don't yeah. remember what he thinks though. Yeah, uh, it, right. it, you yeah. know, just something like you know these. You know, once Dark Side takes over, you know, right? Blah blah blah. You know, and and uh, again, that's that's really fun. There's also at the very end of the run and going into the first few issues with new writers, there's a there's some kind of there's a mystery that's um, set up where there's a guy behind a, a, a one or one way mirror, two way mirror or one way or two way mirror in a room somewhere, I think, yeah. in the planet or WGBS or whatever it is. Um, 
and I don't know what it, what the what the outcome of that ever was. You know, um, I think what I'm going to try to do is start filling in the the issues between the end of Denny's run and and where I began. Yeah, that, that's and, really and kind of, and that'll be interesting to see. You know, the thing, but um, hey, you can't beat that Swanderson art. Oh my God, I was I was thinking that because I was going through some of the early issues of the arc. And you watch that, you watch the two of them together, the, sh- the inking and the shading done in there. It's just, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, again, it was another, it was just that other attempt to make it look different, to mm-hmm. modernize. You know, you brought the thing about Superman's in solitude. And he's got so many thought balloons and all that stuff. He's also never been in, I don't think up to that point, a storyline that stretched as long as this one did. I don't no. recall an arc no. that long at that point. You, you are absolutely right. And that's another thing that I thought about when I was reading it, that that Denny O'Neill, I'm sure he probably needs to be credited for, if not not creating that type of, of storytelling in comics, but certainly popularizing it. Because really, that's a long, that's, um, how was I Martin look at it is, is it's several individual stories, but it has that for a while it for the first half of the year it has that through line that whole that that the that creature is always yeah. in the background somewhere and i love it because they'll show up and you know superman will go there's that weird thing again well <laughs> why is it following me around and oh my god i've gotten weak and then it disappears right and i mean it's great because it draws you on and you know and then then in the next issue it's another you know whatever the uh it's a you know weird monster thing or whatever that has kind of nothing to do with it but denny then weaves the sand creature into it and it it complicates things for whatever superman's trying to do because he gets weak again right um it's really fascinating it's roughly about halfway through and i wish i could remember what issue it is where Denny gets to the point where I think that's it's exactly how he wanted Superman at that point and then weirdly enough he starts messing with it right after that he gets to a point where he's about half powered the sand creature has one half of the powers Superman has the other half right and it's really fascinating because he's leaping buildings in a in a single bound but he's not truly flying um he can shrug off gunfire, but he starts to become concerned about whether he could take a missile hit. Right. You know, um, uh, there's a couple other different ways. The strength is not, you know, totally there. And then it really goes off the rails when he um, gets to the point where he says that he's he gets a workout, even taking care of a couple of thugs with guns or, you know, something and that's like late that. in the arc. But yeah, then he has to do fisticuffs yeah. or, or whatever uh, from that. I almost wish they could have just frozen it right in that middle of the arc where he's half powered. Cause I, I thought that's the way it was going to be. I, I knew that the Denny stuff didn't last. I did know that. Oh, it was immediately so, over the minute yeah. the story arc ended the next issue. He was back at full and he, and he, he asked to be left at half power. Cause it, nobody should have yeah. that much power. Yeah. And well, when it, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but then I was so annoyed when the next issue came out. I think it was Star Sapphire or something. And I was just like, what happened? Where did that art go? What? <laughs> it, it just, it's actually worse. It's actually worse than that. It's okay. It's he has the big, big battle with the sand, with the quarm creature in 241 and 242. Right. And Good visual references. 
spoiler alert, it appears that they completely wreck the earth. And then you find out that it's basically like a vision or a dream or something, you know, of what could happen if they really had a fight. And then weirdly enough, I knew that I knew that 244 was Danny's last issue, but I went I went into it thinking that this was Danny. This is actually See, that's my mind, and that was the next issue. I guess not. I thought that was the first issue without Danny. This is 243. Okay. And this is um it's either Magan or um, Wine. I okay. can't remember which one. It's it's yeah. either one, it's one of those guys. It's either Elliot S. Magan or, or Len Wine. And in th- this one, and in this one, Wine or Magan, whoever it is, throws it all out the window. Yeah. Uh, Superman is you know flying in deep space yep. and this that and the other thing. You know uh, he he's exposed to the uh, supernova going off. I mean. And he shrugs and it then, off. It means nothing. Right. Right. So, uh, and then I, I'm like looking at the credits and I'm like, oh, well, this is Denny's last one. Denny comes back after that for one more issue. That's interesting. Yeah. But, but he himself throws it all out the window. This is not the, this is not what he accomplished a few issues before. This Maybe is the, that by that point, they'd already decided though, that it was over and they weren't going to do it. Right anymore. back to, and this is such a, tepid tepid issue right it's just that same old thing weird monster comes to metropolis there's a little bit of mystery of where it comes from who it is whatever superman has some trouble fighting it and figures it out and takes care of it uh he then he fell right back into the same old you know same yeah. old status quo um and 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 then it's just and then it's it's over with and i actually bought uh i bought a couple of issues past that because i really did want to get I wanted to get a feeling of the book right after Denny. Oh, this is funny because right after that, it's it's actually just reprints, right? Of the hundred, right? Um, and it's it's um, it goes back and forth between writers for a while. It goes back and forth between Megan and and Wine because they were lost. I think I think they could not figure out what they wanted to do. Yeah, and apparently, I guess the experiment didn't work. They already found out that it didn't work. I suppose. Yeah, uh, sales wise, but. This is just another, uh, it's just like the electronic ghost of Metropolis, yeah. the, you know, the issue before. It's it's another weirdo monster that's accidentally created by a science experiment gone, you know, awry. Right. And Superman has to figure it out and then he takes care of it and, and that's that. And then and then we get a, a somewhat interesting, um, oh, you know what, there's an issue between these that I don't actually have. But this is a, a Luthor story and Luthor hadn't been around for a while. Right. Then he didn't use any villains whatsoever he did try to create a few new villains and now i just found this out about a year or so later denny comes back but like for only like for two issues or something like that and he brings back um he brings back his villain from his third issue this this guy nixley oh okay i didn't know that the uh, the devil's harp yep he brings back this character uh which which is interesting and somebody told me that he does also try to do the depowering thing again Uh, now i haven't gotten to to that to that point yet but i thought "Hmm, you know i will i do want to you know um the the early 70s are are i have found to be a, a real sort of a controversial era in terms of there's a fair amount of people that think it's total you know schlock mm-hmm. but 
to me, it's it's my golden age because that's where right. I came in. I came in roughly around 72. I was seven years old in 72. All of my first superhero comics are from 72. Right. And that's where I came in. I was and, 12 at that point. So okay. There you, go. you don't seem to be older than than me, Ed. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I I find I'm finding I love that era. I'm going back and, and collecting stuff from like 1970 and yeah. then up up filling in, you know, what I what uh right before what I uh where I was when I came in. And I I think it's really fun. And I understand that it's probably just pretty much me or you 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 had to be there and and for it to be nostalgic to oh you. i don't think you could go to it now you might go to it now and sit there say oh that's that's kind of interesting but i think if you were there yeah and it like for me as i always refer to it as the sandman superman saga uh <laughs> i always go with that um that embedded itself when i was 11 and never went away I mean, when DC put out the hardcover, I had to get it. Uh, You know, when I got a tablet, I had to get the issues and put them on there. Uh, You know, it's just something that's always uh, stayed with me. It's just I'm I'm sicker in the head than that. I had to go and buy vintage issues. Oh, like the original. uh, Yeah, because I had the originals. I have them sitting in my comic rack over there. I showed you. A kryptonite nevermore is in fact in front and i have all the issues behind it for that story arc. Yeah, that's the sign of really loving you oh, know yeah. a storyline yeah. when you have to have all versions of it but absolutely somebody asked me like why do you have to what it's it's in a hardcover why do you go and i said i said because i need the entire picture uh i need to have total immersion in what was going on i need to i need to see that uh really rough printing I need to feel that that pulpy paper. Right. Uh, I need to see all the ads. I need to see the letter columns, and I need to see the backup stories. And there's this this whole world of Krypton started yeah. during this time. Exactly. And that's cool because that was still kind of going on when I think when I came in, there was still a little bit. Oh yeah, of that. that kept going oh, a bit. Yeah. You know, it is. Yeah, there's a world of Krypton in in this yep. one uh, for me. This is, I wish to God somebody would bring this, have brought this character back. Um, in the 90s, I think it was, Kurt Busiek took over Superman and he was really doing some wonderful stuff. He started asking online if he said, What do people want to see? And I jumped right in there and I said, Superman 266, the abominable snowman. The story was never resolved. There you He's go. left in suspended animation in the Arctic. In this on a, on top of a machine that keeps him floating above the ground, the ice, so he doesn't actually touch it. And he's in sus- I said, Kurt, it's just waiting for a storyline. And he oh, yeah. he actually said, Hmm, that is kind of interesting. I don't know. Maybe I'll get to that. Well, he didn't. I, right. <laughs> I you know, I wish somebody would would pick up that storyline. But but again, I I love it because I read all letter columns during these Daniel Neal issues, and I was really looking forward to the point where they start having the letters yeah. marking on 233 and they actually used two issues to cover that and i was glad and i'll give um uh e nelson bridwell uh credit because he he published almost as many uh negative letters as he did positive letters right. and For there's sure. some really interesting you know commentary there and and it is funny in a way because you realize at this point in time, kids are not really 
reading Superman comics, or if they are, they're not writing no. into it. Well, that's it's, why they were changing it, right? Yeah, it's like Harvard, you know, graduates are reading Superman. The the letter columns, the people who were writing in were very, very, you know, educated, literate, uh, um, uh, you know, with, you know, valid concerns about what was, you know, going on in the characters and things like that. And it was really interesting to hear what people liked and and what people you know didn't like about sure. what was what was going on and it's fun to, it's fun because um uh you're seeing uh letters from guys that almost right after that they became writers for dc and i'm trying to think of uh rosakis bob rosakis has letters oh, okay. in these that's cool. and he goes right on to, i mean by the time i get there he's dc's answer man right you know, uh, and there's good. somebody else. It, I think it was Magan. Magan was a letter writer right up to the point that he was, you know, a published writer with with those guys. There's somebody else too that that was writing letters, and then you blink, and he's suddenly getting by, you know bylines on the actual right. stories. You know, and you can totally see what was going on. The editor said, "This guy, you know, knows his way around words." And he's got some really valid concerns and thoughts and ideas about Superman. Heck, let him write Superman. Sure. Well, maybe maybe he's right. Let's let's try him out. And and what a wonderful time that that could still happen. Oh, definitely. You know, this this one of the things this arc did too is is it really got to explore. I think Superman's view of his role on earth and how people perceived him. And absolutely, it was so interesting when he started losing his powers and there's that building that collapsed and he was almost being mocked for it. I mean, granted the dialogue was over the top, like the cover you in greats after all I've given to you, you know, and all that stuff. But the point is, it's like, it's kind of the question of does Lois Lane love him for him or for his powers? Is that what she loves him for? Are the people that are around him in Metropolis do they love and support their hero because he can stop a building from falling on them? And when he fails, suddenly he's a joke. Suddenly they have no use for him. And that's a terrible realization because the question is always is, would Superman be a hero if he didn't have his powers? Yeah. Yeah, he would. But would people respect him the same way? According to this storyline and what went down here, that's kind of a real eye opener and i think uh, uh almost a, a bringer of sadness to a character like superman who cares so deeply yeah and to find that the people are just superficial in their response to him i i totally agree this is at a point where we weren't going to get happy endings at the end of every story right um it it you know it took writers like danny o'neill a, a younger guy coming in you know his career had just you know, started not too many years before this, right. and uh, to ask those questions where the where old, the older guys who had been working for DC right up to 1969, and then the Great Purge of 1970, when they just get rid of all the old men for the most part right. and bring in all you know Wolfman, Wine, Magan, O'Neill, you know all these guys. <clears throat> um, it, it took them to to ask those questions uh yeah and i totally agree with you i think um i hope somebody said to denny you you may not have liked what you were doing you may have had trouble with the character but you did actually put some very valuable things into those stories that you wrote and you just highlighted it you know right there um 
you know, what does it mean to be a Superman? You know, does everybody in the metropolis love him? Uh, Morgan Edge's opinion is really an eye opener. Uh, you know, uh, when it's announced to the world that kryptonite is no more, Jimmy's just thrilled. And and that's Jimmy and I get it, you know? Um, and, and then Morgan edge, you know, has to kind of lay some truth on him or, or, or his own truth, you know, about like, uh, Hey, you know, uh, I don't trust this guy. I didn't trust this guy before. And now he doesn't even have kryptonite to stop him. You know what's that what's gonna make him not want to take over the world well it's batman v superman right yeah. it's batman's concern about superman uh yeah. taking over destroying the world he could burn us all or some whatever he said uh in morgan that edge is a jerk let's not dance around that at oh, all yeah, but it's, a, it's an actually you know good good point that but superman making. comes to the same conclusion jim at the yeah. end of the story superman reaches the same opinion that morgan edge had that I should not have this much power. Yeah. I wish, um, I wish Julius Schwartz had, and God love him because, you know, he's a deity in comics as far as I'm concerned. Right. I wish he had knuckled down on the writers at that point and said, it, it, the bigger aspects of Denny's experiment, maybe they didn't work. But what about this part and this part and this part? And it and one of it could have been those questions. Superman's doubts, Superman wondering about his, you know, humanity. Right. You know, um, it, it, it's I think it's the story with the uh, where he's kissing the girl on the cover. Is it that one? It's it's one of the ones where he suddenly realizes that he might not have to be Superman anymore. Oh, it is. It's the. It, I think it's that one where he's given, he's given those things to take back to Earth that will cure all disease and everything, right. and he's saying to himself, "Wow, I could give up being Superman. There won't be any need for it. I can marry." He, I think he says Lois. I can marry Lois, or he says maybe, maybe he just says I can get married. Maybe <laughs> probably said Lois. I don't know I what. Think, yeah. Wait, at that point, I don't know what he saw in Lois. Well at all yeah i would have ditched that. her in a, in a in a flat second and gone looking for lana lang right um but um that's a really incredible moment because that's you know to me that's in continuity like all right this guy doesn't really want to be superman anymore you know well look at superman the too and the whole premise, right but superman too the whole premise right it's yeah. like uh, you know after all i've done although you haven't really been around that long superman uh but after all he's done is like is he allowed to have his own life is he allowed to fall in love with a woman and have sex with her and uh <laughs> you know and eventually get married to her or whatever but those those are big things because he couldn't do both you know it's either the world or it's her yeah and and he chose her and everything went to crap and he realized that you know he had a bigger responsibility but uh, but that's something that yeah he's yearning for. Have you read the um what, the action the the concurrent action comics at this exact moment in time during the it, from what I understand it's Leo Dorfman was writing action at that same time. Okay, he's a guy who I know his name and I know I've probably read stuff by him but i i could i could barely tell you anything about i don't him. even know the name and tell you the truth he i mean didn't, he didn't go on to become one of these legendary names like wolfman wine yeah. Megan o'neill 
Um, and I'm, and, you know, I'm not sure why I think he was one of these like workhorse guys that he was dependable. Right. And there was nothing terribly special about the stuff that he right, was wasn't innovative, but he got the, got the job done. He, right. He turned in his work on time and, and that was it. <clears throat> From what I understand, action comics being published concurrently with Denny O'Neill's Superman. And there is no like reference to what is going on. Right, He's probably that. full powered and everything else. He is. Right? And, yep, From yeah, what I've been told, you know, he's pushing planets around and, and, and stuff like that, you know, and, and, and so I thought, come on DC, you know, you're giving Denny a chance at least, you know, make the experiment across, the, you know, the whole. But they didn't do it back then. That wasn't their thing, right? I mean, I think the, the I books for, the, I guess, like the fourth world books, yeah, those are the ones that sort of started having the interconnectivity, unless I'm mistaken, and I could be totally wrong, but I don't think they did the big company events then. You know what I mean? Yeah, I there, there's hints, there's little hints here and there of, yeah. of things. Um, geez, there's, there's an er, like really early Justice League story. So we're talking early 60s where there's a bad guy marching through a town and there's a little box at the bottom that says, you know, he, he was he just did this or that in detective comics, you know, blah. And I, I remember back when I was. Yeah, they used to do that kind of thing. The, they would have the little... reading the reprint of it and going like. Oh, that's really cool. I'd kind of like to read that, you know, yeah. story. Um, in in this, there yeah. is a couple of issues of action that are reprinted along with Denny's Superman 233. And the one that I'm thinking about called the Pied Piper of Steel, it actually does have the the news van, the uh the WGBS Galaxy Broadcast oh, okay. system, rolling news rolling newsroom. Um and I think that is concurrent. So they they were at least doing that where 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 Clark is, you know, because this is definitely not one of O'Neill's. And it, it's funny because it's Swanderson, right? Uh, also, um, yeah, I, I have probably only read two thirty three in in black and white. I don't even own the Millennium. Oh, I forgot it was in color. Oh, that's so funny, right? <laughs> and it's so burned. It's so funny. It's like. It, like I say, in my head, it is so burned. Hey, I want to ask you one more question about Superman comics. Yes. Do you are you familiar with the Virus X storyline from Action Comics late sixties, maybe about sixty eight? Is that where Superman's dying? Yep. Yeah, from the Kryptonite that Luthor is pretending to help him, but is actually poisoning him, isn't he? N no, that's an, that's an even earlier one. Virus X was a, it's a virus. Hmm. Strangely enough, <laughs> mm -hmm. I've heard of those. Yeah, and uh, it's I think it's from Krypton because the first part of the storyline is called like the leper from Krypton or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Superman gets the virus and it, he breaks out in these like green blotches all over, and he can transmit it to uh, you know every people around him, and he actually like gets close to dying or does die and come back. But it was um it was four issues, which in 1960 that that's a big deal. That's a big was, deal. Was a big deal. Now, unlike Kryptonite Nevermore, it, it's almost completely forgotten today. Mm -hmm. Now, so this is one this is gonna be my next um um obsession is getting those issues. Yeah. I think it was four issues, and somebody tells me there's one lead-in issue to it. 
Oh wow! Okay. And then the main story is 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 one after another. You know, four uh, issues of Action Comics. At that point, it's um, I know uh, uh covers. I mean, maybe the insights might have been Ross Andrew. Yeah, there was a period there where he was doing. Yeah. I know some of the covers. Yeah. Oh, no, you know what? Neil Adams is doing covers, but I think it's Ross Andrew is, is doing the, the inside interiors. So yeah. Neil Adams uh, yeah. covers in there. And then it's funny, the other, I don't know why I'm on this Superman kick. This is really kind of weird, but I'm also collecting. It's smart. The, uh, Go ahead. The, <laughs> the, uh, the Kowski era of uh, Supergirl in adventure comics. Mm-hmm. When That's she in had the early like 70s, a different right? costume every, every other issue. Yeah, she had she a got headband and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, and then it goes. It, it, then it's Bob Oskner takes it over yeah. right after that. Uh, Sikowski's only there for a little tiny bit. It's right around the same time that he's doing Wonder Woman with Danny O'Neill. Right, but the uh, and Wonder, Wonder Woman is Woman. actually in like the first issue uh, because Kara or. or uh, you know, um, why, why am I, Linda, Linda Danvers, oh, Linda Danvers right. era, yeah, whatever, Linda Danvers actually goes to one of Diana Prince's boutiques and buys clothes, hey, we didn't even talk about Diana Prince's in the uh, Superman, it's such story. a terrible period for Wonder Woman, though, I think I blocked it yeah. out of my mind, yeah. I mean, they've taken away her powers, they're trying to make her look like a modern woman, it's just, she's wonder woman she's not gee, supposed to be gee and i those are by hmm denny o'neill i think yep hmm. there you go exactly <laughs> he had a thing he could not handle the uh part now his work on batman is brilliant but here's the thing i may not be a fan of his wonder woman but again we're here talking about his superman work so he may not have liked it but we did yeah i mean yeah, you know right. we could feel the power of what he did and he achieved with that yeah and it's probably because he was so dismissive of superman that he had to like almost prove why he's being dismissive. And yet in his proving of it, he made it one of the most interesting stories told. I think that's a really incredible, uh, you know, way to do it. I- I'm laughing now. Cause I'm thinking back about the Diana Prince thing is that an I Ching is yeah. in, comes in and he's responsible for, um, uh, Oh, he does that thing where he, uh, he, he like almost like puts Superman to sleep and then he makes his astral, a self go out of out of him yeah then somebody hits superman with a gun or something and yeah and he brain gets damage. brain damage because he has no powers at right. that point the sand superman has has all the powers but yeah um um denny had said something about that he was in embar- later on he was embarrassed about name I- I yeah well <laughs> look there's a lot of things we can look back at man. yeah even fu manchu okay i mean yeah on. sure sure uh, you know that's sure. um there's a lot of stuff we can look back at it you gotta Hey, look, Jay, I was just, ha- I interviewed uh, Martin Campbell today, the director, and Martin hmm. directed GoldenEye and Casino Royale, two Bond movies, right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how hard it could be for Bond in, these, in this modern thing, although he has no use for the PC times we're in. But like Sean Connery is, uh, Sean Connery's Bond is considered almost a rapist at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People look back on those things and you forget the period it's made in. Oh. And uh, it's like, I hear those things. I'm like, yeah, but it was made in 1962, yeah. the first one, it's- you know? It's it's important to me, and not not to get too heavily into that. It is important to me that when you consume a film, a book, a comic, a record, you have got to remember and keep in your head when it was made. Absolutely. Yes, we can now today say 
you know what, we can do much better today, but, but to condemn something for only being a, for just being a product of its time it, it is not right. You know, to, to me, um, some of the stuff that Denny has in this Superman run is, is dated. Um, uh, they, you know, unfortunately I, I Ching who is actually, he's not, He's somewhat of a stereotype, but he's also a very capable character. In fact, it's a good character. He's just got a terrible name. Yeah, he in many ways he's more powerful than Superman. He's the one that's leading Superman around, you yeah. know, and saying you got to do this and you got to do that. But they, you know, 1970, 71, and they're still coloring Asians in comic books, whether you oh, yeah. cast, you know, you know, to to the skin and sort of sort of having the pigeon english you know and this again this is from a writer who was can you know he considered himself you know a very hip uh right. progressive liberal why did luke guy. cage go around calling everybody sucker i mean because they <laughs> right. felt white those were white right. guys writing black characters and that's how yeah. luke cage had to talk right you know but, but but you know but i say that you know don't condemn it for no. being a product of its time exactly um, um use it as a as a learning tool don't don't rewrite it don't go back and redraw it yeah you know um say hey guess what this was from 1970 and in 1970 it was still a standard operating procedure to color asians in comic books with a yellow with oh, yellow yeah. ink you know um we would never do that today because that's wrong right but read that in that mindset stop reading it as if it was published in 2021 go oh wow so this is how it was in 1970 it's a time capsule it, hey, may, it I, may be sometimes hard to look at but you know what if you want to know what it was like in those days you know the, all this stuff is time capsules uh, uh for that and then we we learn from it and we make ourselves better today Absolutely. You know, and, and say it doesn't have to be that way anymore, you know, but we totally understand why it was that way then. So do you have any uh, on this thing? Do you have any final thoughts on this whole Sam and Superman thing? I mean, I um, I'm very glad that I collected it and mm -hmm. I'm very glad that I read it. Uh, it is a fascinating moment in time. Um, it's it, I mean, it's textbook failed experiment, but but with noble, you know, noble thoughts uh, that propelled it. Um, it's a shame in some ways that it didn't take. Yeah. Um, but I think that Denny was up against an immense wall. I think he had virtually no support from uh, National DC. Yeah his editor <clears throat> but it, it 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 has some really really interesting moments in it and and you can see what he was trying to do and and in a way you're kind of rooting for him as it goes along like yeah if you can make this happen boy oh boy right. this could be really interesting you know um but you know it it just wasn't to be the world wanted a superman of a certain kind and they didn't want you know this superman um i almost wish they could try this something like this again you know with new 52 they should have yeah uh, several years ago now you know the, the they sort of did depower him you know um, for a while 
for a while there, yeah. but you know, he, he's back to that he can fly to other solar yeah. systems, other galaxies, exactly, or whatever. They should be animating this story. I don't know why nobody has turned this into an animated movie. Yeah, that's a you know, that's a really not a good one. That's not a bad idea yeah. at, at all, you know, and they can revamp it here and there, of course, you know, like they do it all, modernize it a little bit, but tell the you know what it what an incredible tribute it would be to uh to denny you know yeah. to to do that if they can make like killing joke into an animated thing oh they could do it if they want if yeah. anybody thinks of it that's you know, that's they the could other do thing. this do you happen to know and i meant to look it up and i'm sure i can look it up at any time but i just never have done it does the sand, the sand superman doesn't it return it returns in something a little bit i mean it's been used here and there okay um okay. not in any major way i don't think okay. i've looked it up i've always looked it up wondering why they didn't bring that you know that storyline back um but one thing i do want... remember if in when they published who's who in 80 85 86 right around there i i don't know why i'm thinking that there's an entry i think there is something that he did come back it. in something but it wasn't as substantial okay return it wasn't okay. like a multi-part story or anything but i think yeah. it did show up in something you know um, it's almost you know you it's hard to believe that they didn't almost make a regular or recurring you know villain or what foil for superman out of it but you know what it's like the composite superman which to me is one of the greatest i love the composite all, superman. you know three appearances yeah three appearances of of the villain who beat superman and batman and would have won if it wasn't for just uh, the hand of fate taking away his powers right you know when he's right. about to kill them all you know superman was beaten yeah in that first composite before doomsday i want yeah. to say <laughs> yeah that was it was the end and yeah and Meech loses his powers and and that's that's the only way those guys, those idiots got out of it superman batman and robin you know well, i love that the, character. the powers wore off <laughs> yep. yeah right exactly um, but you know and they've played around with the kind of the idea visually of a composite superman thing but but you know that, that i don't know i i probably should say you know what i should just be happy with what we got because that first composite superman story is is one of my most favorite yeah singles comic book stories uh, of all time just it's just gorgeous kurt swan you know yep. my super kurt swan is, is gorgeous is, art yeah. um and you know what you were saying you know what do i walk away with you know from from this and that's mm. the other thing is that art you know thank god they it was still swanderson at yeah. this point i still got you know murphy didn't hang around i think for too much longer but i still had kurt swan for god almost oh kurt stayed for yep i think he did the adaptation of superman 4 i believe which was in 1987 i believe he drew yeah i I think that's i think that's right you know Um, i mean i'd kind of tuned out a lot by then but you mm -hmm. know for the comics um that's it i mean i watched everything but i never i kind of stopped with the comics yeah you know i gotta say one thing about the sandman superman storyline it's like and this is for me this is what's so important about it anytime you can read something as a kid and be sitting here now 50 years later and have it have the same hold on my imagination and give me that same spark of excitement that i mean what more could you ask from a piece of fiction do you know what i mean like work there a, a half a century what, later it's still got its power on you what do the kids say that's the meme 
I mean, I think that's the perfect capper to this, what you just said. Yeah. I, I can't come up with anything better than that. That's, but, yeah, that's, you know, it's, that's exactly how, how I feel um, when I reopen one of these, you know, this, this, this was the very first superhero comic book I ever, my dad bought me. And this uh, is not my neat. original copy. My right. original copy is falling apart, but I, right. you know, and to open this thing up and just a page through it, uh, you know, 2021 yeah. just goes away. Yeah. And, and I'm back in 1972 when I got this thing. Voices from Krypton and our conversation with Jim Beard about the Sandman Superman saga will be back in a moment. If you'd like to check out this particular Superman storyline, just search for the collected edition under the title Kryptonite No More. You can contact Jim Beard through Twitter at writer Jim Beard. And we hope you'll subscribe to this podcast, give us a five-star review, and tell your friends about us. For your classic TV needs, there's our TV Retrovision podcast. And for fans of the undead, check out Vampires and Slayers. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.